find you my missing puzzle piece I'm complete I was just Today, Dream Believers Podcast. I am your host, Space Orphan 18. Today, we are getting down and naked here, guys, stripped down and bare. Um, so, yeah. And I've got some really awesome guests with me if they'd like to introduce themselves. Hi, I am Kitty, and I am Slayer Kitty on Tumblr. Hi, I am Holly, uh, otherwise known as Cleaniat14. Hi, I'm Rosie, and known as Coming Up Rosie. Awesome. All right, guys. So we're talking about naked, and um, yeah, this this episode has a lot of nudity and not a lot of nudity in it. Um, <laughs> so I kind of wanted to break it down, um, kind of by starting with the lima side and kind of talking thematically. I, I um. A lot of this episode has to do with body issues, but one thing I kind of wanted to start with, though, is that one of the the um, one of the plot lines is emotional nakedness and Jake and Marley being honest and quote unquote naked about their feelings for each other. I don't know whether you guys are fans of the newbies or not, so uh, but um, I, I just wanted to say that because it is part of the theme, and I think this episode does pretty well with its theme of nakedness. So. See, I'm I'm not a hundred percent of a fan of the of the newbies, so I feel like I'm not a good person to discuss Jake and Marley. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, yeah. if you know, if one of you guys might be a little more interested in them, or I, I think I thought Jake sang the loveliest solo. I thought. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the damn song, but it is sounds- it "Let Me Love You"? Yeah, yeah. sounds beautiful. Okay. On that he has got a lovely voice, but I have to confess, I never could really get into those two. If it'd been Jake and uh, 
uh, Kitty, I could have, I kind of felt there could have been something there, but uh, yeah, the whole Jake and Marley thing never really worked for me. But he sounded I think it's lovely. Because it's like too cliche. Yeah, it's like a cliche relationship. Yeah, with the good yeah. girl and the bad boy and the yeah. Well, and and it was interesting. I think that the idea, the concept behind the whole you know, let's be naked about our emotions thing is interesting because they hadn't really done them. I, I was thinking about it and all of the other couples, they didn't really have like fear of saying, I love you. I think, you know, Finchel just says, I love you. And Clay just has their, I love you at the end of New York. And I don't know when Britannia says it, but most of these couples don't have problems saying, I love you. And to have one that does is an interesting concept, but Jake and Marley just are some of the least interesting people on the show. So, I mean, yeah. in their it relationship. It would have been a really fascinating storyline if it had been a different set of characters. Yeah. 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 So that's what I wanted to, yeah, we didn't need to spend a lot of time. I just wanted to bring that up. So, but the, the big plot line of this story um, is the male body issue, which encompasses a lot of different storylines. And we, we get started out this, um, you know, Hunter Clarington, we should mention at the very beginning, though, that Hunter Clarington is interviewed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it tastes like pencils. Are we there yet? Because that's all like, we my passed favorite thing that. ever. That was back. We passed that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, just, just his, it tastes like pencils. <laughs> Never oh, getting over that. Exactly. Yeah. So anytime you mention Hunter, that's all I can think is it tastes like pencils. Is this too? The, his last episode. The only thing I can think of is his I white think this is his last episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Holly. What did you say? No, I think uh, whenever I think of Hunter Clarenting, I, I always think of his the white cat that he has in Dynamic Duet. Yeah, that too. <laughs> He's yep. not even remotely bicurious. That was the other thing. He's not remotely bicurious. He's got that white Dr. Evil cat, and he it, it tastes like pencils. Yep. This one, like, he goes crazy on the press because somebody says, you know, you don't even look like you're, you look too old to be a high school student. Um, <laughs> so he just goes crazy. Uh, breaking that good old fourth wall there. Yeah. Um, but because the warblers, oh, and this is funny to me, the warblers tested positive for the legal substances, which means new directions will advance to regionals. But however, they were not the only glee club in sectionals. They're, they had that. Right? Wasn't there a third person? And they forfeit because they left the stage. It wasn't like the, it was down to the scoring or something like that. No, they forfeited because they left the stage. They broke the rules. This other group should have gotten to go. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they didn't want to. Are you introducing logic? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot. I should have been using gleogic. Well, you know, going on with gleogic, we have, um, you know, so they're going to do uh, regionals. And so Finn's like, they need to raise money. And of course, Tina proposes doing the Men of McKinley calendar. Yay, Tina! This scene. <laughs> I have to shout out to one of my favorite moments um, of this episode is when Kitty goes off about, you know, somebody was like, why can't we do the girls? And Kitty's like, you know, Twilight is 
a billion dollar industry, even though it's, you know, crappy, you know, uh, thing. And Unique says, Team Jacob, and holds her hand up. And Joe just like, yeah, high fives it. (laughs) (laughs) Funny, I love that. Actually, Joe has a couple of good deadpan moments in this episode. He's so funny. I I think Joe is, I don't know if he was, like, I'm sad that they didn't do more with him because I think he was a pretty entertaining character. Yeah, he was, and, and, See, he was a, a, a Glee Project remnant, so I don't think they ever really knew what to do with him. Yeah. Um, does anybody have any commentary on Tina being the one to, that suggests the calendar? And all through this episode, she's really adamant that um, they're going to do this and how they're going to do this and ideas for doing this. I think that's because she wants to get Blaine naked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't help, I mean, I can't say that you're wrong, because I kind of feel like she does have the underlying motivation, but I also think maybe, you know, I mean, think about how long she was with Mike. So, she's been boyfriendless for how long now? Yeah. So, maybe she's just lonely, and she wants to look at some really pretty naked guys. There's that, I'm sure, both, both is probably. I think she's got some control issues. Oh, really? Well, I she agree basically you. takes control of the whole thing, and a lot of her plot line in season three is being bitter about, you know, not getting the lead, and and it's a, it's just this was an episode for her to really take control, and she did. Feeling a bit, feeling a bit empowered after the Sadie Hawkins, and you know, the too young to be bitter club. She's like, yay, going for it. So this is part of her going for it, and you know, she has got Blaine walking around with that, you know, perky and delicious behind, just teasing her. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. oh. you know how you you can understand how a girl would feel. Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> Because that is a perky, delicious behind. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, we get the we get Sam's um, storyline here, and this is a big Sam episode. And he, he learns. And, and this is actually something that comes up again because at some point Sam decides that he's going to be a model and not go to college. Well, this even came up in Rocky Horror back in season two, where. Mm. Um, he, he ends was, up being the role where he's basically walking around in gold lame shorts. And yeah. Yeah, what does Ryan Murphy deal with Golden May? But um <laughs> I don't know. But props to him for being the only character I've ever heard use the word nuttage on primetime <laughs> television. <laughs> or that he's never had balls in his mouth. Um <laughs> uh, season two. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but Sam oh here's my uh, here's another nitpick for me. Sam and Brittany get their SAT scores. However, if you're east of the Mississippi, we don't take the SAT. We take the ACT. So they'd be taking, I mean, Kitty, yeah, I was going to say, Kitty, you can confirm this better than I can. Um, We actually, we had the option to take both because as someone actually in Ohio who went through this, we had the option to take both. However, only certain schools would accept the SAT. And when you're talking about those schools, you're looking at like Ivy League. Mm Mm-hmm. 
everywhere else was taking the ACT. So when I applied to college and um, I went to OSU, I only was required to take the ACT. So that's all I took. And you had to have a certain score in order for them to consider you. And I think it's like, I don't know, like 22 or 23 or higher or something. And like the highest you could get is like a 36. It's a really weird test. It's really weird. Yeah, because I got like a 22, which is like average. I got a 24, I think. But my husband got like a 26 and my brother got like like a 30 because he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So it's pretty explanation, isn't it? (laughs) He's a doctor now, if that tells you anything. Uh, We had a girl, she scored 34 on it, which is insane. Are you shitting me? Which is like practically perfect. Yeah, she scored a 34, and then she, after high school, she got married to her high school boyfriend, popped out a couple kids, and they still live in this small town that I grew up in. She could have done so much more. Yeah, she could have, but you know. (laughs) A score like that. But whatever. So anyway, uh, Brittany and Sam get the highest and lowest scores at McKinley. Brittany, you know, I don't know how I feel about Brittany being a secret genius, but... um. Honestly, okay, so here's the thing. Heather was pregnant at this point. Oh, yeah, you can tell in this episode, too. Yes, and and this is about the point where you could tell they were just sort of filming around it, but everybody knew, so they they were only so-so filming around it and not really giving a shit. Um... And so, honestly, I think they just came up with the wackiest way to get her out of off the canvas as they could. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Um, and but this is where Sam really gets, uh, and I think I do think this is kind of a realistic thing to talk about. That Sam decides that you know, well, he's got a nice looking body. I'm going to put all of my effort into that because obviously I'm just dumb and don't deserve anything more than you know that. So. He starts to go kind of crazy. Um, we do get him in, you know, the next scene that he's in, he's in he comes in, um, it's the middle of winter, granted, this is in January, and he comes in in just swimming trunks. And, Ugh. yeah. I'm not saying I, I didn't appreciate that scene, it, I, but... <laughs> Sweet, merciful Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody's, you know, complaining that he did that, but... <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, and this is um, Blaine's, this is where Blaine kind of comes into his role. And his role in this episode is very much best friend. And it's really kind of cool to see. Um, And and it's sort of like a flip of their their dynamic in dynamic duets so where you know blaine was punishing himself for everything that happened with kurt and sam was really instrumental in making blaine realize that you're just because you did a bad thing doesn't mean you're a bad person yeah and so i think that blaine really you know that meant so much to him and that's really what cemented their friendship and so now he's like well I'm going to do the same thing for Sam because he's more than just a pretty face. Not that he's got, you know, not that he's not the prettiest face I've ever seen, but (laughs) you know, there has to be a reason that Blaine has a crush on him besides the fact that he, he looks really good in a bathing suit. Right. Well, it's his impressions. He loves his impressions. And they read each other Star Wars fan fiction. Yes. I know. I love their friendship. Yes. I actually do. He the the crush stuff doesn't really even come up in this episode, and I'm kind of glad. Oh, oh, and I I 
if I'm remembering correctly. So you can cut this or if you need to, whatever, like if somebody comes back and says, no, that's incorrect. I want to say that Guilty Pleasures was supposed to air before this episode. And it was supposed to wrap up all of the crush stuff. And they moved Guilty Pleasures to later on in the season. So that's why the crush stuff seems like it dies down and then comes back. And it's like, whoa, wait, what? Well, the... Um, oh, really? I, I didn't if I do that. can remember, sure. what actually, it was going to be this episode, then Guilty Pleasures, and then... Was it? I can't remember. I couldn't remember the order, but I knew they were supposed to air around the same time as each other. Well, and that even that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But they rewrote it because they rewrote this one, and we'll talk about it in a second. But the locker room scene was supposed to be different. But we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, Put your pants on. I need to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Some of their scenes together were just gold actually yeah this hallway scene and here i love that okay so cm is feeling insecure blaine is trying to make him feel better because he knows this is about the sat scores and tina's like look at blaine and his behind baked uh like to perfection by a master chef well perfectly to perfection i love that quote and i'm sorry i butchered it but (laughs) by some kind of master (laughs) and i just she's not wrong his reaction. Yeah. Hey. He's just like, huh, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Someone on the writing staff is reading Tumblr when they wrote this. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But so, yeah, so they start to do this calendar and they start. I mean, Sam just starts to go crazy with, with I mean, they're doing this. When they're doing the feature, he goes, he's like giving them all tips, like shaving everywhere. And he's like. Tells Joe that he's too hairy, like his back is too hairy or something. Stuffing baby. Okay, none of them have body (laughs) hair because it's all waxed off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to my great dismay, yes. It's uh, (laughs) It's a little crazy. It is a little crazy, but yeah. You know, my one issue with the centerfold hot in here stuff is there's not a Blaine. I mean, there's all these Ryder and, and Jake things going on. And, of course, you know, Sam going a little crazy. But Blaine's, like, in the background of everything. I'm <laughs> like, come on. Well, I mean, at a certain point, my my uh, take on everything is needs more Blaine, needs more Kurt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but I did think when they were doing the Broga. And everyone else is like, and, and the play just sits oh, yes. there looking yes. beautific <laughs> and then serene. Like in perfect pose or something. Yes. Exactly. And I'm like, you know him and Kurt do yoga together. You just <laughs> don't, you just, and, and, and then other things. And actually, I was thinking watching it was interesting, you know, because in, uh, in this episode, Blaine seems very happy with himself, frankly. You know, his, his, his body image, all of that. And I couldn't help but think about, you know, what we're going to have to come with him, uh, with body image, uh, when his confidence drops later. But at this point, that is interesting. Point, he's you know, and how much of that is... Himself. That's really fascinating to think about, because here, he's, you know, pretty much helping Sam... But later on, I wonder if it is also because he feels more in competition with Kurt. If a lot of those body issues 
are looking at Kurt and looking at Kurt as like now he's a kind of a sex symbol, you know, especially in Yada, people are like drilling over him and, and Blaine is used to, you know, being the one he's that people the sex will. symbol of the relationship, which is a separate issue for as far as Kurt and Blaine are concerned as, as a couple is a separate issue, but that's true. He's always, whether you agree with it or not, because I'm not saying that I necessarily do, but I know that in the Glee world, people still think Kurt has toothpick arms. Which never yeah. was a thing. But Never yeah. getting over that, because that, that couldn't be further yeah. from the truth. But, you know, so in the Glee world, that's kind of how they're presented for a while. And then there is that flip in season five. So, I mean, he's very confident in himself until suddenly he realizes that he he's not the pretty one. Yeah, it, it, it's... It's just interesting reflecting on that as I because I did a yeah. rewatch this evening and I just thought oh you know I hadn't really because uh, you know but you just sort of go forward to that and think yeah no it, it's you know because there's that whole thing from Sam to Blaine about you know it's all right for you because you you know you kick ass at school you're, you're good at everything and you're all charming and uh, you know you've I don't got know why but people just sort of seem to give me things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just sort of people just sort of seem to give me things. Things, and that's it. He's happy. He's happy. This is you know once he's got over that awful start to this year. This is he's having this charmed life there, isn't he? And this is part of it. This uh, and I think that confidence is coming out in in all these things because you have that uh, maybe he's just happy that he and Kurt are talking again. Well, yeah. and I also I mean. Yeah. Thinking about it, like, okay, so kind of getting into the locker room stuff, this is where, like, Sam is going kind of crazy with it, and that's where Blaine um, says, yeah, um, you know, you don't, you can eat a Cheeto every once in a while, it won't kill you, and that's when Sam's, like, what you just said, where he's, like, um, you know, you, you can say all of that because you're charming and smart and everybody likes you, and I wonder if this kind of speaks to, in this moment, Blaine does like he doesn't feel he feels like he's the uh, gosh I want to say on the top but it just sounds funny when I say it that way like um he's not in competition with with Sam the same way that he feels like he is later on with Kurt like he's not afraid Sam's gonna leave him they're good friends they're good buddies and yeah. he can be there for Sam because there, you know Sam was there for him, but he doesn't feel like he's Blaine still has Sam's underlying not threatening and threatening to him his self identity in any way, right? In the yeah. way Kurt kind of it feels like that intestine, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it does. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, and, and this scene is is incredibly sweet. And this oh, this is what I was going to say earlier. Um that this scene was going to end or this, this episode um, was going to have more to do with the crush stuff that actually ended up supposed to be the original end of it. Yeah. I think that's what I was thinking of maybe, but the, I don't know how, cause it's just only like halfway in the episode and we still have like with Blaine stuff then, because this doesn't really get to Sam completely. Cause Blaine says basically, you know, you're awesome the way you are. You don't necessarily need to keep this body up the, at this extreme for us to love you. And um, then they have the scene in Emma's office 
where um, she has all of these. What is it with them and offer? Like they always bring up like Jewish colleges as alternatives. Like they do it with <laughs> Tina, they do it with Finn. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so not weird. sure either. Um, but yeah, so this, you know, Blaine again goes to Emma and says, Hey, let's get Sam and, you know, into one of these colleges. And it's kind of funny because Sam doesn't go to college <laughs> anyway. You know but what? I mean, they, you know, Blaine put it out there, but then Sam decided, you know, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Cause I'm, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, as an aside, I tell my son that too. I said, you know, I'd like you to go to college. But it's not for everybody. And if you don't want to go or you feel like there's something else you need to do, then I'm not going to tell you you need to go to college. You know, plenty of people can do things. But, I mean, on the flip side of that, I think it's important that if you do go, then you put your all into it and do what you're going to do. You know, don't just go to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's no reason to be $50,000 in debt if you're not going to get anything out of it. Right. Absolutely. So... That's that millennial mindset coming out. Sam says, um, because I just looked up at the quote, Sam says, if you want to make it in this world, you have to be special. And then Blaine says, you are special even without your body, Um, which is a really nice thing to say. So. It is nice, and it, it's one of those things that I just, uh, first off, I love that they have that kind of friendship where they can talk to each other like that, and yeah, okay, Blaine's got a little bit of a crush on him, but he's not hitting on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I thought that it was really important, as, especially as, since they were such prominent gay characters on TV, you know, with Kurt and Blaine, that they showed that, you know, it was that whole, you know, gay people and straight people can be friends. Yeah. And it sounds really stupid when we say it, but then you think about people who never seen that before and it's like, it's a big deal. So. Well, and the end of the Sam storyline is Blaine. And you know, this is an interesting fanfic that I've never seen. Blaine goes to all of these people to help with this personal essay. Um, So he gets Santana, he gets Brittany, he gets Finn, he gets Mercedes to all, you know, talk about Sam and talk about how, you know, much Amazing he is. Yeah. And what and all the things he does for them. Yeah. And I cry. Yeah. It gives me feelings. Oh. But it is such Gosh. a sweet, you know, sweet friendship and they and like they hug yeah. each other and it's it's not, you know, Blaine like I said Blaine's crush doesn't matter. Um it's just they're good buddies and good friends, and, and that's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then if you want to go, since we're talking about Sam, can we flip that and then talk about the extreme opposite with Artie? Yeah. Because I just, it was so fascinating for them to really, for as confident and as, like, almost inappropriately confident as Artie can be. Mm-hmm. Uh for him to not want to be in the calendar was like, what? Well, but look at the, I mean, like they're doing all this stuff. I mean, Ryder and Jake are like naming their body parts over there. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like chiseled out of, I don't know, marble or something. And I'm yeah. not knocking Blaine and I'm not knocking Darren, but he's the, like the rest of the, those three boys have like chiseled, chiseled stuff going on. Oh, 
Yeah. They get six pack. They've got like the entire 12 pack and then some. Yeah. I could say. And especially because at that time, Darren was carrying a bit around his. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But it, it, it was cute. It just made, it's, yeah, it just cute. made him that much more attractive. Yeah. It did, didn't it? Oh, God, yes. If that were possible. Yeah. It did. You don't but think you, it is. And then, but wait, it is. Uh, but Artie's anyway. actually, I really like Artie's story and the fact that he basically yeah. says at first, you know, to Finn, I, I don't want to do this. Not, you know, I'm, you know, I don't want people to see the chair. I don't want people to see, I'm just not comfortable in my skin. And Finn is like, okay, that's cool. No problem. Yeah. But no, I just, I. Uh, I also think, isn't it Finn who kind of pushes him though and says, well, you know, what can we do to make you more comfortable with this? Yes, at first. And then yeah. when he says, okay, Tina comes in and she's like, Artie, you're going to do this. And she's, he's like, no. Because <laughs> she's like, I've got this, you know, great costume for you or something. <laughs> yeah. And, but I love that. See, this is all part of that fantastic season four Finn. Say that five times fast. Um, <laughs> Where he's just this amazing, going through all this amazing character development. Like, where was this been in season three? And um, so not only is he really settling into this role as becoming a teacher and leading new directions and and really getting into it, but he's actually good at it and he's really listening. Could you imagine if Will was around during this whole Men of the Coming thing? No. No. Artie would have quit Glee Club. Yeah. He would well, have I think, like, <laughs> I think like, you know? like this as he's in the mentor like ability, like he has like a purpose now. I think that's why he's like so much like better at it and he knows that he's but he's good at it. I think that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. Fine <laughs> he finally figured out his thing. This is his thing. Yeah. This is this is what he's meant to do with his life. And now that he's settling into that, it's really, you know, opening him up. And, and I love, yeah, I love that. He was just like, okay, you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess we'll take, talk about this more um, when we get over to the Rachel side, but like the fact that they have all of these stories about being naked and, Sam really being obsessed with his body and like Jake and Ryder are like naming body parts, but then, you know, um, people saying that you can be better than just your body. Like Blaine's, you know, supporting Sam with all of his insecurities cause you're still here. And then you have Artie's storyline about not wanting to be naked. And it, there's such a care in it, um, with all of these, but I don't a very like, it's almost like two different people wrote this episode like one person wrote the lima side and then somebody else wrote the new york side it's really yeah. weird i don't think that's what happened but it's really weird that it feels that way so um before we get over to the new york side though a couple of other points i wanted to make one was about finn gets his own little storyline and first of all he has another scene where he's drinking coffee and he's like putting like tons of sugar oh in it oh my god that was so funny <laughs> No, okay, so this this is I, I wanna say that this is the beginning of the Phantom Ship Foffy. 
It was before that. He actually started. Was it before that? Okay, yes. I couldn't remember. Is this the one where he takes a drink and then spits it no, back out to the cop? No, that's I don't that's know. Know. Yeah, that's earlier. Yeah. Okay. He's still trying to figure out how to drink coffee, but I love that about him because I have yet to figure it out. I don't like hot coffee. <laughs> but if you ice it and put chocolate in it, I'm totally there. <laughs> Gotta find your own way to it. <laughs> yep. See, all Finn needs is an iced coffee with some chocolate syrup in it, and he's totally there. That's it. Um, there's, uh, basically he's, he's now feuding with Sue and I love that the difference between all of the Sue stuff with Will is that Will takes her so seriously, but Finn goes to her level. No, he doesn't. He's just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that he's like, I'm going to find your, um, was it Playboy or is it Penthouse or? Penthouse. Penthouse. Yeah. And he does. Yeah, it was Penthouse. Well, he doesn't find, yeah. he, he doesn't find it. Oh, he's still, he, he says that her. he did. I think that's what yeah. it was. He says that he did. Yeah, he tricks her. Yeah. Tricks her and he, he tapes her because he basically just had a highlights magazine in there. and <laughs> But he tricked her into admitting that she had it. And that's beating Which her. pretty darn clever for Finn, to be honest. Well, but the yeah. funniest part is when he goes and asks Artie for help in doing this. And he's <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me to research years and years of porn, or is it? (laughs) (laughs) The man for the job. (laughs) I thought you were the best man for the job. (laughs) Artie. (laughs) So, um, let's take a second and talk about the actual men men of McKinley calendar. Still bitter that they did not put that up for sale. Oh, God, yeah, I would have bought that. I would have bought one. Yeah, absolutely. I would have paid 15 bucks for that. Yeah. It doesn't have to have the the current calendar year on it. I would just buy it. Just buy the pictures. Let's see, we have... Yeah, I just want it it for the pictures. (laughs) We have um, Blaine is January uh, with the champagne bottle. (laughs) Strategically placed, might I add. Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> See, I can't tell if that's if he like is that mortifying or did he just go with it because Tina told him to. Think about it that way. She was stage directing all of their photo shoots, so she's the one like, you know. <laughs> oh. And for all he's slightly mortified by her crush on him. He also really likes the attention. <laughs> he does. I, I will. I will say that he's very flattered by all of the attention. He is a person who likes being liked. Oh yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> we have February is brighter with like he's wearing heart shorts, but you can't really tell because he's got this heart in front of him. It looks kind he's of weird. Supposed to look completely naked, and it's weird uh-huh. for me. Maybe it's because the actor is younger. Yeah. But it feels weird. I can't find March at the moment. March, I think, is um, already as a leprechaun. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Marty 
Party is a leprechaun. Um, <laughs> April is where's I just saw April. April is Joe in the Easter Bunny yeah. costume. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I'm as the Lord made me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is risen. May is Joe. Oh my gosh, this whole picture is hilarious. Joe the gardening gardener. shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> Um, June is Jake at the beach with a fake shark and a surfboard, and it's it, it, it's fine. It's kind of normal, actually. Um, July is Ryder with like striped, like very Fourth of July festive. Uncle things. Sam type thing. Yeah, just the boxers, right? Yeah, and a top hat. Okay. And a top hat. Yeah, he's Uncle Sam. See, they should have Sam be July. Well, uh, well, that okay. Wasn't he? Uh, keep, yeah, he should. He was. He was trying to keep dressed to keep arty company, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, August oh, is right. Sam, and he's on a boat, but he's all dressed up in the um mm-hmm. thing. And then August, September, I don't see here. Oh, September is Sam again. He's dressed completely um like a schoolboy, and got and has books on his head. He's Valentine books on his head. Yeah. Um, October is Jake in a pumpkin costume. <laughs> Yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, in yeah. November, um, Artie is a Puritan with a turkey, <laughs> and of course, the infamous the December. And December, Blaine is Nazi Santa. Yeah, sexy, sexy claws. <laughs> sexy claws. Do you remember when they dropped that photo just before? We all died. I mean, seriously. That we was... weren't even expecting January. It was December, which was killing us. And then we got January when the episode aired. And I thought you were going to have to pick us all up off the floor. Floor. I, I, it's hard to remember the hysteria. <laughs> Can we also just mention, though, in future episodes, both Rachel and Kurt have men of McKinley calendars? Yes. Oh, yeah. They do. How much do we just love that? Oh. (laughs) You would, wouldn't you? I I love some of the comments when they are doing the signing, when it comes out and everybody's signing things. And Becky is like, she's like, next time I want you shirtless, Artie. And... Artie's just like, okay. <laughs> okay. Better watch out. She'll knock a silent phone over onto you. And then, well, it's a nice touch. It's a nice, like, because Artie was struggling so much with body issues to have somebody fawn over him like that, I think was, you know, yeah. a nice touch. Yeah. And then um, uh, Dottie um, with the writer, she's like, if you want to tap that, I'm here. <laughs> Steps back a few paces. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the last part of the Lima stuff is this is the new year, which is a really fun number. Blaine it's singing one of in the my camera. Favorite songs they ever did. Oh yeah. You know and me too. One uh, like ever. Well, it was written for Glee. Um, a great big world. Song for Glee, and they submitted it and hoped that Glee would do it, and so, um, so they actually did. And the, one of the cutest things I've ever seen in my whole life is there's like a I don't know minute-ish long video of a great big world watching 
this them do this song when the episode aired and they are just falling all over themselves with excitement and it's the cutest thing you've ever seen in your whole life oh i have to look that up because i do it it really is one of my absolute favorites the song and performance of it Mm -hmm. yeah they did a really good job with it and um I and thought, did you not think it was one of the first ones with the new new directions where this really like they had some I think season four had some really great new new directions group songs but and they'd been good in only their uh, second one no wait yeah. I'm sorry I take that back it's their third one because they did they were good in dynamic duets but this feels like this is the one where it yeah. really really and I why I like the episode actually is because of that. It's it's almost yes. because of this end bit. It's like actually they came together here, and I started really. Uh, it's it's one of the first times we see them actually interacting as a group, and and because there's some nights, and then uh, they're in "Don't Dream It's Over," although that's more yeah. of a Finn number, and mm. then um, and then there's this one. So this is like. While they're really starting to feel like a group, yeah, and I think yeah. it really comes through. It's a, it's such a cute performance. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, and and I I completely agree that um, I remember in dynamic duets we talked a little bit about um, the 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 first time the show kind of feels cohesive um, after the newbies are brought in because it's just so disjointed and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, there's some nights kind of kicked it off, and, and there's Don't Dream It's Over, they kind of come together again, but this, yeah, it feels, this whole episode, you get, like, you have Marley and, and Brittany doing fondue for two together, you get, like, everybody talking about the McKinley calendar together, you know, and, and it started a little bit in Sadie Hawkins, but you really get a meshing of the it's seniors. It's more and like a season two, season three episode, and mm-hmm. less, like, the the disjointedness that has been the most of season four. Yeah, absolutely. Because I I sort of like the you know like the Sadie Hawkins episode. This 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 sort of first few coming up to I don't know did it end with sort of guilty pleasures. There was a lovely sort of run of episodes in season four that I just adored them. Uh, and it just felt like, yeah, I, I think it did have that season two vibe bits of it with some more grown up stuff shoved in as well. But it was, yeah. After, because it it did get off to a really odd start, didn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, just disjointed. You had like a bunch of different plot lines going, and none of them connected. And then, I, you know, well, I they kinda... had new writers too. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that helped. They had, so they had like half their cast is brand new. They had a bunch of new writers that they were trying to work everything in. Ryan Murphy was doing American Horror Story stuff. So he was probably hardly ever there. Um, And so I think that somebody somewhere sat them down and said, hey, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. This episode was directed by Ian Brennan, but written by Ryan Murphy. So... And that's probably, I see, and, you know, for as much as we give R.A.B. shit, and some of it's deserved shit, when they do it right, it's so good. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I, yeah, this ending bit is is so much fun, and I, I think one of my favorite moments of this performance is actually when um, Joe's going kind of crazy in the background, and Kitty's just got the 
like I'm over this look sure. on her face. Yeah. It's so yeah, yeah. What even yeah. are you doing here? <laughs> it's not even a resting bitch face. It's like oh, dear God. <laughs> how is this my life? <laughs> Actually, Becca Tovin does have a great bitch face. <laughs> she really does. Yes. <laughs> and and this is about the point where, uh, like I was kind of saying, um, I know we touched on it a little bit about how much in the beginning, I think everybody just as a general rule of thumb hated Kitty. And this is about the point where I started to like her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I really enjoyed that moment in this in the, in the choreography of, of that where where it's like I could actually enjoy her being oh my god about the whole thing because i was starting to like her yeah no me too actually and she became like actually uh really one of my favorites i really like me too yeah yeah i think think that's why they brought her back for season six out of all of the people like obviously unique came back too because people loved unique but i think out of all of those characters kitty for some reason she ended up being the one one everybody just loved her well, and she yeah. had, like, more personality along with Unique out of all of the other newbies. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at this episode. I mean, Kitty's cracking jokes, Unique's cracking jokes, and you've got, and unfortunately, Marley, Ryder, and Jake are stuck in this love triangle stuff that just yeah. feels rehashed. Which just never ends. And, and who cared? It's like, yeah, just cared. Do, I wanted, okay, let me tell you what I wanted. There's this 30 second, not even 30 seconds, it's like five seconds of Ryder and Tina in This is the New Year. And I went, I'd ship that. <laughs> yeah. And I know I'm not alone. They had more chemistry in that five seconds of, of shot in that choreography than I ever felt like. Ryder and Marley did, which is really saying something because <laughs> yeah, well, Melissa yeah. and uh, what's his, I'm blanking on his real like, name, got married in real life. Like of course, they're, they're divorced now. We're getting divorced yeah. now. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> it was a portent. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like maybe she completely you know, just sidetracking everything. My personal opinion is that she's really successful and he's not, and he couldn't deal with that. Maybe. She says very quietly under her breath, and you can edit that out, but that's just my opinion. But I think, I mean, I know that I remember, I'm not sad that Clayton didn't get this, because I don't particularly like the song, but I remember people being really pissed off that that Jake and Marley sang a thousand years or whatever that song. I'm is. one of the ones who is pissed off. Not, I mean, I would have liked if Klein had got it, but here's my thing. I don't think that's a song that works for them. I just remember yeah. it just, I feel like they put the whole song on there and it just dragged the entire episode down. Yeah. No, I put them yeah. drag the episode down and, and in future episodes too, like when, um, like, Marley does all of Wrecking Ball in season five, and I'm like, yeah. you yeah. could have cut that a little. That. Not that I don't love that song, and not that she doesn't sing it well, but I didn't need to have her reenact the entire music video. No, <laughs> but with this one, like the thousand years, it's like I didn't care that they, I, you know, I didn't, I actually didn't get that invested on who got which songs, but it was just like. It's just oh, it's just so fucking boring. So you could edit that bit. It was yeah. just boring. 
Well, we already had Jake's yeah. lovely song to her in the first place. I mean, why? Like, they, he has a solo, <laughs> and then I mean, I shouldn't really complain because I mean, they, Blaine has done stuff like that too. But uh, you know, it just it does. It feels very boring. I feel very yeah. feels very rehashed when there's so many other interesting things going on. I would have loved to have they, more high They still about want us to care about those characters and. We don't. I just, I never did, and I hate that I didn't because I feel like there was potential there, but I just never did. No, I think. No, I was just going to say they clearly. I mean, they, they, you know, when you think about the way that they introduced the new people in season six, it, it was, was a very so much better that. there. Oh, yeah, so much but they clearly learned from 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 this, yeah. this season I four. I feel like they did learn from that. Yeah. Well, it's because like most, like really, writer Jake and Marley were like carbon copies of like trying to redo Finn, Puck, and Rachel, or like whatever. They were looking for that same dynamic, and yeah, no, you can't just copycat characters and make it work. Yeah. Whereas the newbies in season six, I mean, there was the twins and um. But they felt like different people than we've seen before. They did. And and they were just as quirky. Mm -hmm. Well, even when, like, when Marley gets in season five, when she gets some of her, or I guess it starts in season four, but when she breaks off from the love triangle stuff and starts getting some of her own, like, you know, when she starts talking with Mercedes a little bit or when she's doing stuff with me. and she won't be, uh, and she won't be a gaga. She insists on being a Katie and stuff like that. So that, that was the most funny. remotely interesting stuff that she did. And it's yeah. when she gets away from, like, when they get rid of the whole, like, a- even the Ryder Jake friendship stuff, kind of feels like, okay, we've done this. They're before. more interesting without her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like in is it dynamic duets when they ha- they're having that fight and Finn calls them to talk to each other and they're like giving each other. I care more about yeah. that scene than I do about I any scene they ever had with her. Well, that's also that like, funny. do you guys remember, this will be in City of Angels, I think, where one of them's lying on the bed and the other one comes in and it looks like the start of a porno and it's like... <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> oh yes. my God, I just... I, I've yeah. only seen that one like once or twice, so I, I think I've forgotten, but then. that's so funny. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen a porn that starts out like this. That's my favorite thing to say on all the podcasts, by the way. You say that a lot. <laughs> um, switching gears a little bit, um, talking about the other plot line, because there is, it's kind of weird now that I think, because there's so much going on in Lima. Um, there is this plot line with Rachel. And, and one of the reasons why, you know, we can kind of talk about this, but why the plot doesn't work as well, because they were doing so much on the other side that the side of the plot suffers for it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, like not needed. Yeah. Also, hashtag Glee hates girls. I don't know. Well, okay, so, <laughs> and I, I, I guess I'll go and then set it up, and then I'll ask you guys' opinion on this. But before we talk about the curse stuff at all, uh, we have Rachel. She's gonna. She gets invited to do a topless scene in a student film, and. She's struggling on whether she should do it or not. And I kind of feel like the message feels a little weird. Like, what exactly, you know, are you trying to say, show, with this? Because, first of all, she's got her old self. And now, I think that the duet 
um, torn. It was really, really good between her old Rachel and new Rachel. I did enjoy that. Like, yeah. the, like the song, I'm sort of over the song. As a, like in general, it's not my favorite song, and it sort of like was played to death when it came out in the '90s. So. But the filming of the song, I thought, worked really, really well with yeah. two Rachels. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that going into her story about... Because this is starts that all of season four so far is Rachel trying to be an adult and kind of failing, but trying anyway. And this starts the turn of her realizing that maybe she shouldn't compartmentalize too much and she should really deal with her feelings that she's not dealing with. And maybe she's not as much of an adult as she thinks she is. Uh, and that dialogue is very interesting, I think, um, for her to have this kind of thing. But the conversations about the actual nudity, I don't know if I necessarily agree with. Because you have, you know, on the one hand, Brody says, you know, all great artists do that. On the other hand, you've got Kurt saying you shouldn't do that because it makes you a porn star. And then you have Quinn and Santana who are all saying, you know, you'll regret this later on in life. Your children will find it on the internet one day. And I'm not saying <laughs> that they're wrong. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, is that, you know, in a certain way, I think they're all valid viewpoints to a degree. That ultimately, though, what it comes down to, at least for me, it's Rachel's body and she can do whatever she wants with it. And I don't think she ever really got that message because everybody was telling her all these different things. If she wants to take her top off, then take your top off. But if you don't, you know, don't just make yourself do it because you you feel like because as a grown up, you should be able to, to go topless for your art. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's what their message was supposed to be. And they didn't quite get there. Yeah, I was going to say, and I think that, yeah, I think the other thing was about if you're going to do it for your art, make sure it is art, not a bad student film where the grandma has Alzheimer's. That was the, I think, <laughs> that was like a terrible, I mean, that's just so bad. It was it, we're going to measure you up for your clown shoes. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> And I'm not saying that student film isn't some kind of art. I don't know that it's art that I would appreciate. Or this particular thing, because it, this one right. seems ridiculous. But Does she really need to be topless there? I don't know. But, I mean, if she wanted to do it, that's great. Go ahead. You feel that strongly about it, you know? But, I mean, and I'm not saying, though, like, Quinn and Santana don't have valid viewpoints. I mean, at some point in time, Santana and Brittany's kid is going to go, Mommy, why do you and Mommy have a sex tape on the internet? <laughs> What's up with the cutaways to Lord Tubbington? <laughs> Who will still be alive? <laughs> Who will still be alive? <laughs> will still be alive. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, so, yeah, I mean... If you put it out there, it's going to be out there. But if you go into it with that knowledge, I mean, you know, actors do it all the time. Well, yeah. and think about, okay, so, and also putting it in context with the boys stuff. You have Sam and Artie and, like, all these guys having different, you know, issues. And, and Finn is very supportive. And Blaine is very supportive. And everybody is supportive of the decisions on the other hand, you have Rachel trying to make a decision and all of her close Kurt and Quinn and Santana. Aside from Brody, who we don't really care about, everyone's saying, no, 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 don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Yeah. 
and it feels just like a like I don't know. I just I mean Santana and Quinn got on planes respectively, flew to New York for five minutes just to tell her not to take her clothes off. Yeah, and Lee logic. I'm not saying that it would have been better for her to actually decide to go through with the nudity, but it seems like the show was saying, you know, here's Artie who's making the decision, you know, I don't feel comfortable with my clothes on, I should keep them on, and it makes sense in the context. And then you have Rachel who's confused about it, and then, you know, she doesn't ultimately, I mean, she says no, but it just feels like it's because she's being pressured that she'll regret it. I'd be interested to know the uh, the composition of the writing team. All men. Oh, well, there you go. Yes. Uh, wait, yeah. in season four, they did have a female writer. Had, well, no, in the season three, they brought on a, a female writer. I don't remember her name. I don't know if she stayed until season four. So, okay. I think that, that to me is what it comes over. I mean, that's yeah. why the, you know, I'm not saying that actually I think. Actually There's my, too much my, male gaze in it, whether they intended it or not. No, absolutely. There's that, and, and it's not to say that actually the uh, you know boys and men's issues with their body image isn't a serious thing that should be examined because it often does get overlooked. And uh, I think so they actually did a really good job, but maybe they did a good job. They I think are they, men. I think they would have almost been better leaving uh, leaving this part out because this isn't handled that well it's a very mixed message i think that's mm-hmm. the uh probably because they haven't got the well not quite the same, haven't got quite the same i mean if, if, the, if the entire new york episode had just been nothing but kurt complaining about brody being naked all the time which was that would have been fantastic i mean that would have been fantastic the placement of the roosters <laughs> the rooster o's in Kurt's face when he realizes that Brody has no clothes on is priceless. Well, and here's okay, so something I wanted to throw because I did want to um, nitpick the the Kurt scene just a little bit. Um, starting with yeah, naked Brody. I kind of love that. You know, a lot of times in media, you get like there's a gay guy and every, he likes like every any guy that walks past. And I love that you've got Brody, who is, you know, conventionally attractive, and he sits down completely naked, and Kurt's, like, pissed off. He's like, no, I'm not having this. I don't want this in Like, how you're sitting in one of my... I love that he ignores Brody and says, you know, your boyfriend's sitting on one of my vintage flea market chairs. Yes, I love that quote. And he's obviously... Like, this is... uh, Brody has just moved in, and Kurt is not happy with this. And, like, he is so happy when Brody leaves. (laughs) But... Um, what do you guys think, though, of, um, Kurt's, because this got a lot of flack in, in fandom, of Kurt's line about, you know, you can't do this, you know, you're now, your um, slutty Barbie with misogynistic Ken. Oh, yes. my God. Okay. I wrote slutty Barbie down because that was like, ooh. See, it's one of those things oh. that I wish that. It's, it's such a guy thing to say in that sense because I do feel like Glee struggles with sex positivity and all that and I don't really like the word slut. However, when he said it, I gotta admit, I did think it was funny. 
yeah. Well, it, I mean, he it was in the contacts because it was that thing, wasn't it? Last year you were all plaid skirts and does Finn like really like me? And this year you're slutty Barbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't, you know. So, I did uh, enjoy the misogynistic Ken line. That was funny. The misogynistic Ken, yeah. Because there will never be enough jokes about Brody being a Ken doll. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, you, and you notice in the scene the bananas were like carefully placed too. God. Just wow. the, the, okay, so the entire staging from the moment Brody walks out of Rachel's room to it's, coming to sit over to the, you know the okay. yawning and it, it, like it was it was like watching an Austin Powers movie. Yeah, if it, you've yeah, ever yeah, there's yeah. An, there's in one of them there's a movie that yeah. opens with that, and it's mm-hmm. so funny. It was like that. Yeah, I think this, um, a, a couple more thoughts. First of all, I do think this is slight setup for Diva, where they are starting to get irritated with living with each other. And of course, they're going to come to blows in Diva. So it's, you know. Yeah. It had to happen eventually. Yeah. Um, I, I do wonder if I, and this is obviously me meditating too far because the show didn't really care about this. But also, I think like, you know, Kurt isn't as open about nakedness as you know like Rachel seems to be in a lot better and it, it, at the end of this scene she tells Kurt to grow up and while she has some issues herself obviously in some ways he does too he's not completely grown up either and and has got some antiquated you know thoughts about nudity I mean here he is sitting you know I'm, I'm sure the loft is cold anyway but he's sitting like completely covered up and you know I don't know well, and, and, and we could also link that back to, um, what is it, Tested, where his, they're like, shirts versus skins, and he just strips off his shirt, like, who the hell are you? <laughs> Character well, growth. Character growth. He's with his body. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I do have to wonder if, like, was, you know... Because Kurt's only in this one scene, why they didn't just... Does this scene only exist because they wanted to bring Santana and Quinn in? Um, why wasn't he involved with Santana and Quinn? Like, you know. He should have been there for that. Wasn't there a few episodes around this time where it was incredibly Kurt-like? And I I remember thinking at the time, I just wondered if, if basically... Chris Colfer was just busy with something else and had asked even for a, a life. Was he commitment. finishing a book? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, his second book, I think, was um, being written at this time. So, and that might so, have been why I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also I forgot. Oh, that's something. There was another Kurt Rachel scene in here, but it was caught because we got stills from that's it. Right, because they were supposed to be playing board games, and he was wearing those fantastic jeans. Yes, that's Ooh. it. Yep. So they they were playing the game. See, of I life. remember that. And I kind of, you know, and I know I still would love to see what the scene was, but it's still probably about Rachel complaining about her life and not necessarily anything to do with Kurt. But um, do you guys also remember when this episode was titled and everybody thought that Kurt and Adam were going to have sex in it? Yes. No, I don't actually, because I was no, avoiding I- a lot of spoilers at the time. Yes, I do. So. I do remember that. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Adam I, I, wasn't even in this episode. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Thank God. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, and the guy who played Adam was doing a lot of baiting as well, wasn't he? So he was, was, man. 
He was enjoying himself. So I can't like part of him. Part of me was like, is he really serious, or is he just know how we're gonna melt down when we read this stuff that he's saying? Not like the the guy uh, the the guy who played uh, Eli C, who you know put up the photograph of the lighthouse. And said, he is fantastic, dude. <laughs> he. Too soon. He made so much of his five second scene. Yeah. He but milked fun- that. But it's funny, isn't it? You get, the, you know, it's a bit like. We uh, love him, but we hate Adam. I just think that's so funny. It's the same as I mean, people. People may not have loved the Sebastian character, or they love to hate him, but people really liked Grant because he was. I do. I love Grant actually. Yeah, yes, me, so I agree with too. you there. Absolute sweetheart, and I think it mm-hmm. was about the the interaction and the guy. I oh, can't yeah. remember his name. The guy who played Adam was a bit of an. Um, Arab. was it Oliver Oliver Kieran Jones? Ah, uh, that's yeah. the guy. Yeah, that was him. I yeah, I think you know, and it's I, he's fine, whatever. But I remember when this came out, when this was actually uh, Boys and Girls on film came out. He did this interview, which basically kind of he talked up his self importance, and in the That's show, fair. and I it, it did leave a little bit of a you know bad taste in my mouth. I mean, I'm I know exactly which one you're thinking of, and it's really funny that he gave that interview because right after that he never came back. That's it, because he said, "Oh, it was. Oh, I don't know what was it. Was it was a heavy tech? Te- you know, he had a lot to do in it, and all the rest of it. And you're right. Yeah, it never came back. Yeah. Well, and, and it's fine. It's just like I think his way of, you know, I I wonder if he was trying to say, hey, you know, you should like me on the show, and I should be around more, and and kind of going about it maybe in a backwards way than fandom might have would have taken it, but I don't know. Well, and the thing is, is that with not only with fandom, but also with Ryan Murphy, you never know if you're going to unintentionally piss him off. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I never and heard anything about anything with Ryan Murphy, though. I don't think they had any issues, but I'm just using it as a for instance, because I know one of the reason why um, that Brody got written out the way he did was because of something he said on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah, he used uh, a derogatory uh, version of the of the T word. Hmm. Instead of saying trans person, he used the other Ooh. phrasing, the one that ends oh. with Y. He used oh. that on Twitter, and he got mutilated, <laughs> deservedly so. Yeah. yeah. And after that, <laughs> Brody was a gigolo. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I, I do want to take a quick second and talk about how this particular episode kind of was the height of the crew and the staff working or uh, being involved with fandomish in, in a way because Ryan Murphy had a Twitter at this point, and I remember mm. the night that this aired, he did a live Q and A thing, and That's right. people were really pissed off. Not only about Rachel's plotline, because I do remember there was a lot of pushback about, you know, the female nudity stuff, but also because there wasn't clean and there wasn't Britannia and there wasn't shipping and, and he got, he he like five minutes and then left. Yeah. He, yeah. He threw a hissy fit and then he's like, I was trying to make a nice, you know, episode about nudity, which it is, 
you know, but like, don't get on Twitter and expect, you know, to have a nice conversation um, with Twitter folk about nudity when, you know, there's a, you know, you swim in, in a, a swimming pool with a bunch of shippers. I mean, yeah, I'm damned if I go on Twitter and talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, he, but but he wasn't the most mature about it because he threw a hissy fit, and then he the, the he after never that, has, he always does that. After that, not long after this, he does the he he spoiled I do, and then got off Twitter. He like deleted everything on Twitter. Well, you want to hear something really funny about his? Okay, so you know how he was um, releasing stuff on YouTube, like scenes and stuff. Um, he got this. This is the New York got taken down for copyright infringement. Why? Because uh, <laughs> it belonged to Fox, and he was copyright infringing it for posting it on his personal YouTube. Oh, that's oh funny! My God. He got busted for copyright infringement on his own intellectual property. Oh, good grief! I. <laughs> It's still, I, I was the one who found that because I went to go watch it. And then I, I, there's a post about it on my Tumblr somewhere, but I was like, this is like the best thing I've ever seen. I don't even know what to do with myself. Uh, do you know what? And Ryan Murphy, it's, it's like, oh, you know, for all the, uh, you know, all the negative stuff. It's like, oh, bless the man, actually. I loved that show. <laughs> if it hadn't been for him, we wouldn't have had that show, and I adored it. Uh, so, I just, uh, I just can go. Pa- I have to go past some of the, uh, you know, some of the negativity because it was like some of it was deserved, some of it was just like no. Really. I, I think yeah, with this particular that that particular night, it was so cringeworthy because people kept asking shipping shipping questions, and I'm like, yeah, you guys. I mean, I realize not every you know. And not, we knew that this was going to be like a Sam episode coming into it. We knew there wasn't going to be a lot of claim. Okay. You know, that's okay. I mean, the, the show is an ensemble show and it just got so cringeworthy to watch like all of these yeah. questions scroll by and you can, you know, Ryan Murphy was like reading it. And it's kind of like, okay. You know, <laughs> like, well, if you've ever seen the new normal, there's a scene where his, his, the character that's based off of him is like, you know, he's like, I have to finish breaking up my two main characters. Type, 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 type. And millions of teen tears. That's it. It's hilarious. It, it's hilarious. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I I think the, the shipping thing, actually, I, and actually particularly through season four, it was just <laughs> painful at times. Because uh, it's like, look, you know, can love you know, Blaine and Kerr, but you can love them separately and it isn't the Clane show, say, or the Britannia show or anything else. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you know, and there's more than one story to tell, but I think, I people think part just of know. the problem was, is that nobody likes the new love interests. No, there wasn't enough to take the heat off, <clears throat> off that. So that just there. sort of made it worse, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, there were no, people I, that liked Adam, but I think a lot of, I'm not seeing all of them, um, and I even don't mind Adam at all, but, like, I think I a lot of Adam. them I, were anti Generally speaking, I think he's okay. He's, I mean, you know, I'm going down with that clean ship, obviously, but I don't, I didn't mind him, be, I didn't also didn't consider him, like, 
a threat. He was never going to be yeah, more. Yeah. yeah, he was never going to be more than just a passing thing. I yeah. always thought of him as Paul. Do you remember that was the original name they came up with? <laughs> the character. Yeah, we talked oh, about that. Oh, in, oh in... my god! Because in the in the things they hadn't named him yet, so they were calling him Paul. I oh. forgot all about that. We uh, we talked I... about that in Sadie Hawkins on the on the podcast <laughs> and how it was Adam's apples and like what would have it been? If they kept it Paul. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Paul! <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Something really dirty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's where we went with that. But um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and then also around this time, um, I I wanted to bring up this is when the Brazilians were at their height of like spoiling yeah. things for people. <laughs> and when Ryan Murphy spoiled, I do. Yeah, everyone went. That's he's just winding us up. Where's the girls from Brazil? Let's go ask the Brazilians because the creator of your of the show that you watch, you won't believe him. But if two chicks from Brazil tell you it's true, then you would totally believe it. <laughs> oh, and they were not, they were another lot that were high on their own publicity at that time and winding people up. I do not miss the hysterics the hysterics of that. I'm too old for that now. Yeah. It, it, it really did feel like hysteria. Yeah. It did. And this whole season four felt, and this is like right in the midst of the height of the craziness. It felt like fandom was split like 10 ways and everybody was. was freaking out every other second. Everybody was, you know, there was all this infighting and fandom between the, you know, ship wars this and ship wars that. And, you know, unfortunately, better boyfriend Olympics and, uh, nobody liked the writing, nobody liked the new characters, or if you did like the new characters, then you were, you know, in the minorities, so there was that, and we were just as disjointed as the, sh- as the characters on the show were from each other. Isn't it nice mm-hmm. now? I think that one of the nice things, being a couple of years out, we can sit and we can have these really awesome conversations and not worry about what has to come next, and and, you know, you just watch the next episode. If you don't like this episode, you can go to the next one. And also, you can watch the episode. I think I watched the episodes that at the time, because of all that nonsense that was going on, I actually didn't enjoy as much as when I I go back and just watch them. Yeah. And I think I just, that was true. Because, like, there was a point where watching the show was almost like a chore. Well, because you'd had so much, even if you were trying to avoid spoilers, they were all over the place. There was all even, the well, even spoilers aside, because I actually managed to avoid quite a bit because I'm I'm, I'm well. pretty good about it. I was, uh, but just the general overall negativity of fandom. Yeah, it really was a very it, yeah, and it was a hard time. I mean, it was just like. <sighs> I guess I'll get on Tumblr. I wonder what everyone's talking about tonight. Oh, gee, look, we're mad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it's... Phantom. You know, I love I love Tumblr for all of its issues. <laughs> but, but yeah, it sometimes it just got to be too much. And you're just like, oh, I don't know if I can do this again today. 
yeah no so i and it's and i a season four actually for me personally along with uh, season two is my favorite but this one actually at the end of it all turned out to be my second favorite season i agree with you I was talking about when we were when we were doing the Thanksgiving podcast the other week. I feel like I need to go back and do like a rewatch because season four was always one of my least favorite. But I'm wondering if without all of the impending, you know, fandom doom and gloom overshadowing all the episodes and with the ability to watch everything back to back to back, if I will feel differently. You know, and I'll interject at this point and say. I, you know, I hated season four when it was on, I think just because of all the negativity and everything and going back and watching it through as it's supposed to be, it gets a little weird at the end because of the stuff with Corey, but it's a solid Mm. season of television and it's interesting. And, you know, with the exception of, yes, some of the newbie stuff is boring. The love triangle stuff is boring, but it's not any more or less boring than the season one stuff. I mean, there's absolutely yeah. There's still and there's a lot of really really good things in season four, and that's why I'm like encourage people to go back and rewatch this stuff and just sit and spend a day and watch season four. You'll find that I think overall you might enjoy it a little bit more as a whole than all of the crap that we had to deal with during the time that we you know when it was actually on. No, this really. I I think you're I. I totally agree. I, I really love some of the episodes. Some of, you know, I have my sort of comfort rewatch episodes and they're almost exclusively from two and four. Mm-hmm. Well, and go from, you know, like for me, um, since I actually didn't watch it while it was running through until season five, I think I never really had any of that negativity um, like to like worry about because I binge watched it all the way through season four until I got to season five. So I think like that's kind of why um, I always had like, I always kind of like season four as well. That's interesting. I'm always intrigued by people who come in, you know, who didn't come in from season one or season two, who came in way later when it was almost a different show. Yeah. Well, and it was funny um, because the way that I got into the fandom, I think I was told on a different episode before, um, was my friend showed me the Queen proposal. And I, like, oh. that's the only thing I had seen. And then, like, probably a couple of days later, um, I had, like, was just doing, like, random stuff at night. And I finally asked her if I could just watch it. And I started watching it. And five episodes later, I was hooked. So, well, that's really cool. Well, Holly, let me ask you a question. It can do you like when you sat and you watched it? It just felt like I don't know. Do you, let me see how what I'm trying to actually say. Um, you watched it from seasons one through the proposal, or like during season five is when you started watching yeah. it. Yeah. So um, I did it feel like I'm one big narrative to you yeah. then? You didn't have that like breakup the, the breakup uh, of the episodes. It just felt like one big story, so you could consume it all in one go. And did that make like watching all of these seasons and all the ups and downs, it didn't seem as dramatic as like all us watching it week to week. We're like, oh no, they broke up. Oh no, this has happened. Yeah. Blah, blah. yeah, cause like I kind of like, I at least knew the clean like plot line, but like just at least like what the end uh, besides like up to proposal would be. Um, 
but like just being able to watch it all in one, I think was like, like really, and, and I like, know that we um like, we kind of touched on that before with you know kind of talking about the breakup from earlier in the season. One of the reasons why we all or why it felt like it went on forever is because of fall hiatus, winter hiatus, spring oh, hiatus, yes. you know? <laughs> and so... <laughs> yeah, I, that, I would have been mad, too, if I would have watched it on it, TV. You know, yeah. It yeah. was really disjointed. And, yeah. and I don't think... That, and I think that one of the reasons why, and maybe it won't be so bad if I rewatch it, why it feels so disjointed, not, not, and also that it just felt like forever... Um, is because of you do have you know you have the first four episodes or five episodes and then you're off for a month and then you have like six or seven episodes and then you're off for a month and a half or longer because I I think American Idol was on the air still then so they would have been pushing them out to like February and Um, then you were back for what till the end of March beginning of April and then you were off for three weeks and yeah, so sometimes with TV scheduling, it, it makes it feel so much worse than mm-hmm. if you just binge it. Well, and I yeah. think I have to wonder if that's why Netflix shows work. In this. I mean, you get to basically see this whole uh, story, which a season is usually like one big story. And, you know, you can sit and watch it all one night if you really want to binge that fast. And you get the whole story. watching, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, their original programming is what, like 12, 13 episodes? If I'm really devoted, I could do that in a day. Yeah, definitely. So. And, you know, I know, it, you know, you can push back and say, well, what about the dramatic effect? I mean, it doesn't, you know, it's not as a, uh, as a dramatic or as intense uh, emotionally if you no. immediately watch the next episode. But I'd I have don't to know. disagree with that. No. I think no, it that, wouldn't. I, I think that it, if the writing is good, you are going to feel it even if you immediately hit play on the next episode because you can't wait the five minutes to find out, you know, what happened. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I will say doing the rewatch, it's been kind of fun doing it a week at a time. Like having a week in between things to kind of like, you know, com- you know, uh, decompress and, and figure things out. That's okay. It, but, but I think, yeah, with those long hiatuses we kept having, it just felt like so long between, mm-hmm. you know, X, Y, and Z that it just felt, you know, you, you lose, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then you get what you, you know, get the next episode and maybe it isn't naked and it's not everything that you wanted it to be. And then, so now you have to wait even longer for an episode that you want to have, you know, it, it felt it like builds, it built up a lot of frustration that we weren't getting, things weren't being addressed that fandom wanted to be addressed and part of that, I think, is because, I mean, yeah, when Naked aired, they'd only had, what, this was this was 12, right? Yeah. So we only had Sadie Hawkins, you know, and then, uh, you know, and we wanted some Kurt and Blaine interaction because they hadn't really had any since they started talking again, and we didn't really get any. No, and everyone had been expecting the mature conversation at Christmas that didn't seem to And happen. we didn't get that, Yeah. Didn't Not get really. That. The next thing we see is Kurt's. Well, you know, well, I've had a got a, you know, I'm fine with Blaine, so now I'm going off and finding a boyfriend. So I think that, yeah. I, that being a huge and and that irritated everybody. And then you know, and then you have Naked, which is like, 
we're like, okay, Blaine has a crush on Sam. Can we just be over this now? <laughs> it's not going to happen. You know, and it's, it's and, and it's still like, and then with what, Diva, there's nothing there. And so it isn't until I do that they have any kind of interaction. I mean, a boy howdy, they went for it, but, you know. But at the same time, looking, like, when you can binge it, if you look at, a, I personally kind of clumpily actually into this, but it, starting in Sadie Hawkins, going through Guilty Pleasures, it's a really good stretch of episodes. Yeah, me, that's, yeah. It, yeah. that's what I think. This, it's a really solid stretch. Really enjoy mm-hmm. it. And, and I actually enjoyed a lot of what happens in those episodes because I love Blaine and Sam and their interaction in Naked. And there's parts of Naked I don't like, but, eh, you know, they can't love everything in every episode. And, you know, there's parts of Sadie Hawkins that I like. You can an original song, Kitty. Oh, that's true. You can love every bit of original song. <laughs> Damn it. <Yeah. laughs> And that is why it is overwhelmingly always voted the number one episode ever written. Because <laughs> I literally cannot think of one thing they would do different. They could do differently, except for maybe not sing candles. I, I do. And I it's even the, like candles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I even like candles. So there you go. The the ending where she gets MPP. I'm like, that's a little overkill, but whatever. I love the rest of the episode. So. But anyway, yeah. but no, m- more to the point that this episode, I, I'm like, it is a good episode. I mean, I was watching through it and just like, the, this is when we start filler. get to have really fun one-liners from Kitty, from Unique, yeah. you know, Tina is being pretty funny and her. Put your pants on, I need to talk to you. <laughs> That's not this episode. But, and there's some really, there's some great quotes in there. The Lima side, particularly, I think, is is they is figured ridiculous. out that their newbies could actually be funny. Yeah, and I think that that was some of what was missing. Like the original cast, they were they're hysterical. They deadpan and drop one-liners Nick nobody's business and they weren't doing that with the newer characters which is some of the reason why I think we find Jake and Ryder and Marley a little boring because they never yeah. say anything funny and they started giving them a little more personality at this point like this is where Ryder started becoming a little more entertaining yeah and I mean like later on Marley is going to be like in in the Katie and Gaga episode where she's like let's do sparklers put inside and it's funny that's just where she's so excited about that. Like, yeah, we love these characters. It's like they took so long to work out what to do with that particular character. <laughs> Which is the yeah. episode where Lima doesn't have a zoo. Why'd we think it did? <laughs> That's Katie or Gaga. Yeah. Okay. Oh. It was hands down one of the funniest things ever, especially when you think about there's an earlier season where the news, when they were doing that Sue's Corner, they actually show footage where they went to the zoo to do a news story. <laughs> and actually, that reminds me at the beginning of this, like, there is the news item obviously with Hunter, but there is, is it Andrea who's just like, and this what passes for news? <laughs> Someone's gonna a newer, more younger, attractive (laughs) co So, um, kind of, we kind of reached the end. Was there anything about the episode that you guys wanted to touch upon? Um, so I want to thank you guys for being here. Um, and for listeners, go back and watch Naked. It's it's a lot of fun. There's actually a lot of really good things in it. And um, next week we will be doing Diva. It's going to be split in half, and we'll get lots of diva ness um, as opposed to it's the truth time. Truth time, unlike the nakedness, which we're all sitting here nude. 
So just letting you know. And we'll be back fully clothed tomorrow, uh, next Sunday. So you guys have a great night. Find the found you, my missing puzzle piece. I'm coming.